Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive. I am your host, Laurieann Sheldrick, the Contagiously Positive Girl, and every single week I come here to help you make happiness your permanent default setting. I believe that your level of happiness is going to be one of the most life-altering things you choose to have every single day. And it isn't about choosing to be a perfect little happy robot. It is about choosing a happy life, regardless of what challenges you have to face. So choose happiness today and unleash your inner contagiously positive tomorrow. Let's begin. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to continue to give you as many resources as I can um, during this COVID-19 crisis. And I know a lot of you at home. I know a lot of you have questions. I know a lot of you have fears and worries and anxiety. And I want to just do the best that I can with my platform here to just help you through this. So I have a wonderful interview today. Today, I have a dear friend, Lorraine Driscoll of Building Better Brains here to answer some questions about what you can do as a parent or as a caregiver to educate and continue to teach your children during this time while they are off of school. And the conversation just went into so many phenomenal places. So first of all, I wanted to sit down with Lorraine because she has over 13 years experience as an elementary teacher, but she has also studied in neuroplastic learning therapies and is a registered nutritionist. So I just thought, you know, what a powerhouse to have on here and I can't answer questions about children. I don't have children. And with all of Lorraine's experience in education um, and also as a mom herself, I thought she was just the perfect powerhouse for this. So we talk about many things. We talk about what parents can do to continue the learning at home and topics that um, you can that you can really focus on and what I love about what Lorraine said is she said you know if you don't want to teach math and science like that's okay the education system will pick up when they go back into school and be able to catch them up you don't have to replicate it and I really really love that because um, not everyone's going to be able to sit down and teach their kids math or algebra right we also talked about the importance of emotional intelligence Um, so whether you are a teacher or not we are all educators and whether we are a parent or not we are all educators and she really drove that home for me and helped me see the importance of that We talk about taking care of the child's mental and emotional health so that this does not become a trauma for them that years from now they have to heal from and helping your kids to have um, resilience and emotional intelligence. We also talk about not just things that you can do to teach your children while you're at home and you know like homeschooling if you will but how to have a conversation as a parent if you're not sure what to say to your kids during this time so I'm just gonna let you listen to the conversation it's a wonderful conversation you'll notice she is um an incredibly brilliant and charismatic woman and I cannot wait to share this with you so enjoy 
So thank you so much, Lorraine, for joining me today on our podcast. Um, and just for being here with me, we had a, we just had a great pre-conversation. So I think we're, we're all ready to go to talk about COVID-19 and what we can do for ourselves and what people can do for their children, which is your expertise. So I love that you're here because I don't have children, so I haven't been able to speak to this. Um, and I'm also not an educator the way you are. So I'm just so grateful that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. So my, the first question that I want to start with, which um, actually you triggered on social media, you put out a wonderful message to people that if they needed any support on how to educate their kids at this time or any resources, you would be there to help them. Um, and which I just think is so generous. So as a teacher, as a teacher and an educator, what are things parents can do to continue the education at home? Because I know that a lot of parents are saying like, what about my child's education? Are they going to lose an entire year? Because before this, the kids were, uh, the teachers were on strike. Right. Um, so first of all, it's really interesting because I interviewed a mom who is a homeschooler a few days ago. And one thing that um, really resonated was her saying that the biggest mistake that people make when they go into homeschooling is they think they have to bring school home. Mm. And they think that they have to replicate the agenda or the schedule of homeschooling right from the structure of the day down to like, you know, the curriculum, if you will. And she said, what homeschoolers tend to do is First of all, kids are, if, if we allow that opportunity to happen, kids are learning all day. So they are, um, like the mom gave an example that they did fractions whenever they were making their pancakes. Oh. <laughs> of course, like we, we, I'm not saying that we would um, just rely on these simple examples, but that we need to keep in mind that kids can learn all day and they don't have to be sitting at the kitchen table for six hours in order to uh, you know, finish the year, so to speak. And uh, this is a really good opportunity because there's so many people, so many parents, so many people in the community who are very frustrated with some of the limitations of the education system that kids aren't getting home ec anymore and they're not getting wood shop and they're not getting these basic life skills. And I was actually just thinking this morning, like, you know, there are certain things I kind of want to drill home with my own daughter. Like she still doesn't have her times tables down because, um, it's not in the curriculum for them to memorize times tables. So I was like, you know, that's one thing that she can do. And I don't have to be there the whole time to, um, to coach her through it. It's like, okay, this is what you're going to work on memorizing and we'll make a game out of it at some point and I'll drill you or question you. Um, and that's something that uh, parents can do and work as well. Cause I know that's a big challenge is that parents are trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to homeschool and work from home? And I have like three kids so I really think it is important that we, uh, while, yeah, it would be great if we can continue education in some form, that we also keep in mind, this is a totally different situation than homeschooling. Yep. And um, we have to keep it realistic. And I think one of the most important gifts we can give our kids in terms of education right now is resilience to, um, you know, help them learn how to cope with a uh, you know, situation like this in these unprecedented times and, um, you know, yeah, just work on their emotional intelligence first and foremost, mm -hmm. and then focus on 
you know, maybe the things that like for my daughter, she's not terrible in math, but it's definitely her weak point. So that's where I'm going to really put my time and energy at home and then uh, see where that, you know, see where else we want to go with that and let her kind of pick out what she's interested in and so forth. So, um, and just to add to that, the mom that I talked to who was homeschooling, she actually said something really interesting that homeschooling parents are kind of freaking out right now because you know, there's this whole stereotype that homeschooling parents are at home all day and they're not, um, you know, getting out and the kids aren't socializing. And she said, like, the homeschooling co-ops are massive and we're always out and about in the community and going to museums and going here. And we're all like, okay, like we are actually stuck in the house now. And it's having very true. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, the more real life learning opportunities we can give kids, this could be actually a wonderful opportunity to uh, present education to them in a different way than just in a classroom at a desk. Oh, and I love that because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, home ec, you don't need to go to school to teach home ec. Um, just simply being in the kitchen together can be education for that child, right? No matter what age. I mean, obviously you're not going to do that with infants, but if that child can stand on a stool and watch you, it's a, it's a learning opportunity, how to cook, how to do laundry, um, anything, right? Like all those things that they would learn in home ec, you're doing right now in your home because you're doing all that by yourself. So all of that is a part of that education. So I really love that and getting creative and, you know, sitting down. Well, they're not going to be, ta they're not going to be learning how to read. Well, you have a, a home full of books. You can be teaching them how to read. Um, like you said, the multiplication table, right? They don't need to learn that anymore, but it's a really great opportunity for them to, to do that. And I love the idea of what you said about the emotional intelligence, because I, that was one of the questions I was going to ask is, you know, what do parents need to do to take care of the mental and emotional health of their children because what I don't want to see is I don't want this to become a trauma for them that they need to heal from for years to come because they didn't know how to process their fears or worries or the fears and worries that were brought on by their parents. Yeah, and I'm really glad you mentioned that because um, it was a friend of mine who um, specializes in resilience with children and she actually talked about you know, we don't want to have our children be completely naive to the situation. I mean, it'd be pretty hard to not tell them what's going on because it's Absolutely. just totally wrong, right? Um, but we don't need to scare them to death. <laughs> and she also said to be careful that you, like, you, you're not having the news playing um, in front of them because while the news can give, you know, accurate and valid information, the brain can become very easily traumatized, especially when it's young, if it's seeing these really powerful images. So yeah. if kids are seeing like images of um, people, you know, dying in Italy in these like tent hospitals, um, for you as an adult, you're going to be able to process that a lot differently. I mean, we know even adults are not processing this well to some degree, right? But um, for children, as you said, that can be really, really traumatic. So um, yeah, I think that's really important to talk to your kids. I've like checked in with my daughter almost every other day to ask her, how are you feeling? Are you worried about this? And, and kind of also making her realize, you know, we're not really concerned about getting the virus but we don't want to make other people sick and that's why we have to take it seriously and, and so forth. So, yeah. I love that. It's really just checking in with them and asking them. It's not saying like, this is how you should feel, or this is yeah. how you shouldn't feel. It's how are you feeling? And do you have any questions? Yeah. And really, so I think it's really important for us as adults to stay informed 
and to, it's okay to feel fear and it's okay to feel worry. But what we want to do is stay out of the panic because we don't make great decisions from panic mode. Um, and then when our children have questions, then we can answer them because we've stayed informed instead of, like you said, keeping the news on, because I saw an image today um, out of Italy of all of these military trucks um, taking all of the people who have died away. And I'm thinking, um, because I was thinking about us coming on and having this conversation, I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't imagine what a child would think of that. Like, I'm heartbroken by that. You know, it's something that I hadn't even thought of. I knew the severity of what was happening around the world, but I didn't, because I didn't have that visual of that, um, it really took me aback and it just was so eye-opening and it was such a heartbreaking moment. And I can't, I don't want children to see that. I don't think that they need to see it. I think that they can be informed, but so many children, you know, um, they're, they're just at this age right now, you know, from zero to 14 is their brain is developing, right? This is like your level of expertise, like their brain is developing. And what are we planting in there? What are we teaching them? And what do we want them to take into their adulthood? And how resilient do we want them to be? And that's really what we want, right? We don't need the feet to feed them with constant fear and anxiety that they're going to end up like, in their twenties and thirties saying like, I finally need to deal with this trauma that happened when I was 10. Yeah. yeah. So what is happening to, so say from, I mean, zero, I shouldn't really start at zero, maybe at like ages five to 14, for example, like what is happening in the child's brain that would really help parents to know um, what they should, what they should be looking at, what they should be hearing, what they should, what seeds they should be planting in their mind so it doesn't become such a traumatic and tragic thing for them. And instead, just an opportunity for them to learn. Right. Um, I honestly think that, um, like, first of all, the brain really soaks in a lot of its perspective of how the world is based on their experiences from about zero, zero, say zero to three, and then kind of also zero to six. So, okay. Um, and so definitely, you know, especially as children are younger, we really, we really do have the potential to traumatize them if we are not careful or mindful about the conversations we're having about what we're playing, whether it's, you know, the news on the TV or the news on our, on our, on our tablet or whatever. Um, and so that's really important. And then how we can build resilience, I think is, is like we were saying, just talking about it, checking in with them, explaining, um, uh, I know like for my daughter, you know, I said, you know, it's people who are immune compromised and obviously they're just as important. And that's why we are making a point to, you know, uh, retreat is what I'm calling it. I'm not calling it yeah. social distancing because I feel like I've socialized more in some ways, but anyway, to, to kind of self isolate as people are calling it. Yep. Um, so, and in terms of, I, th I think that the skills we give them in terms of building resilience can carry them through so many other challenges that they're going to face in their life. So, you know, if we're just speaking negatively about this whole thing and saying it sucks, you know, we are stuck at home and we can't go here and we can't go there and we had to cancel our March break, whatever, and so forth, then we're just kind of instilling, um, you know, that mindset to kind of just focus on the negative in the situation and so forth. And, um, I don't know, I've really focused on the positive for sure. There's some definite inconveniences and I don't want to kind of bypass, you know, that reality, 
but um, I think I think it's cool because I was just curious about homeschooling. So now I'm going to be forced into it, whether I like it or not. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see where that might take me uh, with my daughter. And then also, I think we can point out to kids the opportunities. Um, you know, we, there's so many people who are able to connect in a way with their family that they haven't in like forever because they're all home together. And for sure, you know, we see the memes circulating on Facebook, <laughs> yeah. like people just like ready to kill each other. Right. Um, and I think that that's important too, to kind of maybe set some boundaries. If you have like the, you know, we're not, most of us aren't living in like in one room in a house anymore to like, okay, I'm going to go into my room now and <laughs> you're going to go into your room and create some of those distances so that we do uh, not totally drive each other mad. Um, but to also, it's really comforting to children and, and really even adults is routine. Mm -hmm. If we're all working from home right now, um, you know, many of us are, it's really easy to just stay in your pajamas till two in the afternoon and not even take a shower and just uh, that kind of mode we get into sometimes when we're on holidays. Yes. And I think because we're not on holidays and because, you know, a lot of people are saying that this could go on for longer than a couple of weeks. Um, I think we need to be really um, mindful of creating schedules because that really creates a sense of safety for children, particularly children who are, um, you know, have special needs, whether that's autistic or have really high anxiety and so forth. And so, you know, start the morning off with a breakfast and, you know, whatever it is that it's going to be like, whether it's a morning walk and so forth, so that there's some predictability during the uncertain times. I love that. And, you know, even just listening to you speak like this is all, <laughs> these are all things that I wish was actually in the educational system, teaching kids how to have healthy boundaries with one another and with themselves. This yeah. is such a wonderful tool to be using at home. Um, I know uh, one friend of mine, she has three boys at home and they all have to, for, it doesn't matter where they go in the house, but they all have to go to separate areas of the house for 45 minutes every single day. And they can do whatever they want with their personal time. Oh, that's so they great. can read a book, um, they can play a game, but it can't be on a gadget. It can't be anything. It has to be something. It's quiet time. It's 45 minutes of quiet time. And it's really, really important. And what I love about that is in, in school, children don't have an opportunity to have that. And they, then their creative brain, their ima the imagination side of their brain never has an opportunity to be ignited because it's always like, do this, and do that, and go there and be like this person or like, it's always like next, 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 next. So it's important to set those healthy boundaries and educate kids on that because it's the one thing as adults that we can't stop talking about on how to create healthy boundaries. And I keep going back to this because I think it's really important. You know, we're talking about not just homeschooling, but changing the way we educate our kids because now we have the opportunity. So what I would say is all the things every single time you say, why isn't this in the education system? That's an opportunity then to teach your kids at home. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's really important, um, you know, instead of going online and trying to find like the curriculum for your province or your state or whatever the case may be, um, okay, that's fine. Do that if you feel called to do that. But um, I know for myself, like I can think of some things that I'd like my daughter to learn that are relevant, like say for social studies that are relevant to what's going on in the world right now. Mm. Um, so to kind of, yeah, bring in that real life learning 
real world learning like cooking or, you know, shop class or whatever form that might take or whatever, you know, changing a tire, I don't know. Um, but also if you are trying to make it, um, trying to be a little more academic and focusing on the curriculum, then, then really link it to, to what's going on in the world right now. So, mm. um, because, and I really, I mean, we know the science has told us in teaching and everything else that that's what is much more impactful and sticks, so to speak. So absolutely. Because kids are going to be able to relate to that, not something that happened 200 years ago. They're going to be like, wow, this is actually happening right now in our world, like someone my age or, right? So they can connect with that. And even with regards to history, you know, um, the history books in so many schools are so old and have not been updated. So this is a really great opportunity to go through those subjects and say, well, what about local history? What can we, what can we teach them about local history? And it's history. History is history, right? So what do you want them to learn more about? Like, do you want them to learn more about, like, we're in Canada? Do you want them to learn more about the, the vice presidents? Do you want them to learn more about how the voting process works? Like, all of those things that I think even parents will be like, oh, like, this is a great opportunity for me to learn. <laughs> and yeah. let's learn together. Yeah, there's um, actually, I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen it quite a bit on my Facebook Um Maybe it's because I'm in different um, education groups. So one thing that's actually come up is teaching kids about civil liberties because that's been a hot topic right now, right? There's, a, there's people who are saying, well, this is a violation of my civil liberties that I can't go here, I can't go there. Um, I know one client I was talking to there, I think they're in Pittsburgh, and she said the National Guard has come in and there's curfews and so forth. So there's so many links and opportunities to um, yeah, learn about civil liberties, to learn about curfews, when, when they have curfews, you know, do you think it's justified, all that type of stuff. And yeah. Oh, I love that. So what I would suggest is um, getting a piece of paper, getting a notebook, and as a parent, um, writing down all these, all these topics that would just be really great for their kid to learn about, and then yourself as well, and go through them. So if it's history, well, what are some really great things in history that you could teach them that just helps them also be a great human being, yeah, right? Exactly. Not just something that they have to memorize, but helps them just be better as well. And to, to ask really important questions. And so I love that and ask about their health and teach them about their body and their body parts. And like, there's so many things online. We have access to everything right now. Um, internet is still going, it's still going strong. So just going online and saying, all right, today we're going to learn about this body part. And you know, if you have daughters at home that, um, haven't had their period yet. Great opportunity to teach them about that and teach them about their cycle. And there's great resources online. You can go on and you can teach them all about their cycle. That can be a part of the education. So instead of just saying, well, how are they going to learn algebra? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. honestly, this, like I, I, my biggest fear is like parents thinking that they have to replace the teacher. Um, mm -hmm. If you feel qualified or competent or called to do that, fine. But I, the, the school system is going to figure out what they've missed and Absolutely. it's going to take care of itself. It really is. And I really think this is such an, an amazing ex opportunity for parents to um, recognize their role as educators in their child's life. And I don't mean that in any way, in a condescending way or a pointing finger way. Um, but I feel like that's something that's very much lost um, in some ways, because we 
are we, there is so much the school system has taken on in terms of taking care of this and implementing this and teaching financial literacy and so forth that um, I think it becomes, and, and parents are so busy. Of and course. I think this is such an amazing opportunity for parents to realize how powerful of a role they can have in their child's life. And um, I think that there's going to be a lot of kids who are going to really realize how smart the parents are, right? Because if parents yeah. are so busy and they're running their kids to hockey and going to work and going here, they're not having the chance to be at the teacher in their life as much as maybe they could or they want to. And um, there was something I'd read years ago about how um, children in Amish communities and um, homeschooling communities tend to really respect their elders more. Mm. One of the reasons they identified was because they recognized them as being really smart and having this wisdom and so forth, right? And um, I feel like we don't get to to, to, to kind of show off our skills as much in this kind Absolutely. of really nice world. So I'm even noticing that just in my relationship with my husband, um, because, you know, he works out of the house and I work from home and most weeks we're like two passing ships and I work all day from home. And then I spend most of my evenings networking and then he works all day out of the home. And then when he comes home, I'm gone. And then our weekends are always really crazy because we just feel like, oh my God, well, we better have all of our weekends totally booked up Saturday and Sunday morning, afternoon and night. Um, and we've been in the kitchen together and he's learning how to cook he's learning yeah. how to cook and he's learning more about that. And he's like, well, we might as well do it together. Um, and he's finishing the basement. And because I don't want any sub any sub trades in my house right now, I don't want anyone coming through my house right now. This is like a safety zone, right? I know no matter what, this is a safety zone, um, for, for, for ourselves. And if we were to go out somewhere, we know we're not going to get someone else sick. And so he's on YouTube learning how to do things that he never knew how to do before some plumbing stuff. And, you know, it's really a wonderful time, not just for children, but for adults as well to learn more and not just go by default and say, well, oh, we'll hire someone to do that. Or we don't know how to do that because we've never learned. It's like, now we actually get to learn. Yes. And we can, we can sit there and Netflix all day, which is fine too, if you want to take those times to do it, or you can take this time to actually learn. Like I've been Googling so many things that, because I've been getting a lot of questions from people. Um, and so I've just been Googling stuff. Like someone, um, was telling me that Saskatchewan, um, is, just declared a state of emergency. And because it's not an environmental emergency, I didn't know what that meant. So what does that mean then? If it's like, if it's a virus, what does a state of emergency allow Saskatchewan to do or not do? So then I started to research it. And then I started to research more about what a state of emergency means. So these are really beautiful opportunities to teach our children all of this stuff so that at the end, you know, like, when we get through this and we will get through this, these children's brains are just like so developed. They can ask better questions and they can actually, maybe potentially we save them 10 years working in a job they didn't want to do because we opened up their minds to another potential interest that they didn't know that they had. And they probably will find out years down the road, but they take all these different missteps, right? Not missteps, but different roads. And then finally they're like, oh, now I actually want to do this. Maybe we open that up to something yeah. else or, or they decide, you know what? I want to be a trade 
tradesman. I don't want to do these other things. I want to be a tradesman because I realized how much I love this or I want to be a cook or a chef or yeah. There's so many things that might come out of this. Just if we take the time, if parents really say, well, we're all at home together. How can we make the best of it and educate and what topics should we be educating them on? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah someone I saw, uh, she did a video and she was talking about how um, she's a spiritual teacher and she was talking about how, you know, we don't need to spiritually bypass this and say, this is for the best, <laughs> that there's people's yes. lives really being infect- affected Absolutely. and so forth. But she said, we can ask ourselves, how can I make this better? And, um, that really resonated with me because that's how I see it is, um, you know, everyone feels like their life's been put on hold. Some people have been affected more than others, mm-hmm. um, but you know, yeah. How can we make the situation better? So it's so true. And I think that's a really important question to ask ourselves and to help children ask as well and yeah. wave through and, and wade through because I'm really trying not to do the bypass. And it's, well, I tell people all the time, you cannot bypass the inner work. So it's something that I say all the time because I'm practicing. And when I wake up and I feel really sad, I'm, I say to myself, of course you feel sad. Of course you feel sad. Like, why wouldn't you feel sad? You know, people are, people are struggling and people are in fear and people are losing their loved ones. Like yeah. we, And then I say, okay, that's okay that you feel that way. Now, what can you do then today to use your platform to make people feel less sad or to just be with people right now and to teach from a different, I'm not, my, I'm not business and life as usual. I'm not talking about the same things that I would have talked about two weeks ago. Um, I'm really using this as an opportunity to really go deeper and not just with myself, but with everybody, because people are watching us. We're being watched. We're on social media all the time. And if we're going to use our platform, let's use it to connect with each other, like coast to coast, country to country, and really help each other through this, no matter where you are in the world, instead of, well, here, let me go online and feed your fear. Yeah. And that's why I've been actually, I, the one thing I, I'll say that's really come out of this is the hilarious memes. Like I know, I, I know. <laughs> I'm sharing them because I know people need like funny stuff to just, um, lighten up this really heavy situation. So yeah, yeah for it's sure. True. And I think ourselves and I mean, anyone at home with, with children, and I I know you have a child as well, and anyone at home with a children and anyone home without children, we're going to go through waves. Your child's going to get grumpy. You're going to get grumpy. You're going to have sad days and you're going to have moments where you're just like, I'm, I I can't believe I laughed so much today. And you're going to have grief and you're going to have worry. And then you're also going to have hope and you're, and you're going to have like faith. So I think it's a matter of let's not try to only feel one thing let's try to work through how we feel it all exactly out yeah. again i what i'm really trying to do with my platform is really ensure people don't go into panic because i know what kind of decisions get made from panic exactly yeah. right fear is a normal response to a stressor and that's okay to to feel that but if all we are doing is feeding the fear that fear turns into panic and yeah. you know you see what what humans are capable of when we are in panic mode and that is what i think everybody needs to really understand and ask ourselves are we 
are we feeding into the hope and faith or are we feeding into the fear turning to panic? Because what will happen if we all turn to panic? I'm feeling the energy of the entire world. Um, I can't imagine what children are feeling. Yeah. Because children are so much more open than we are, right? Like there's so much more like connected emotionally and, but they don't necessarily understand how to process it. They just know that they're feeling something. Exactly. So, yeah, and I would even venture, some of them aren't even aware, right? Like when children, um, children are notorious where when they're feeling something deeply, whether it's anxiety or fear, it manifests physically, mm. you know, whether it's a sore tummy or a headache or whatever. And um, because they don't have the emotional, sometimes even vocabulary to, to recognize that and process that. And if we don't have the vocabulary, then that changes everything. So um, this is a good time. I know we did that with my daughter when she had some uh, problems when she around four years old and we became aware of, oh, she doesn't have the emotional vocabulary for how she's feeling. So we started saying, oh, are you, do you think you're feeling that in your body or is this like something you're actually feeling in your heart? And this is what mm. this is like and so forth. So yeah, I think it's um, a really good opportunity to just become aware of emotional intelligence. And even like, there's some really great, like the one thing I love that I'm seeing from this is how many companies and corporations who I have to admit, I've been totally disenchanted with, <laughs> um, how many of them are offering free this and free that, like, especially for education. There's so many great programs right now. Um, I think it's called the great courses. They're offering for a full month, um, all free access. And I was popping on there today and there was like stuff on, for children on emotional intelligence or resilience on parenting and so forth. So um, I really feel like this is such a good opportunity to, to, to teach emotional intelligence and resilience. So because children don't have the vocabulary, I didn't think of it that way because I guess I'm just thinking of older children who can say like, mom, you know, I have questions. Mm -hmm. um, what then should, should a parent be looking for specific things? Like if they're, if their child comes to them and they're like, mommy, I have a sore tummy. Um, should the parent then, you know, say, okay, uh, do you have a sore tummy because of something that you ate? Or do you have a sore tummy because you're worried about something? Like, would they understand that question? Or is it more the parent just having to be aware that they might be having that? Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think definitely the parent has to be aware of that. Um, and also that probably if you say to your child, is it, is it because of something you ate or because they're not even aware that they're feeling that? Like I remember whenever I was in grade one, I had like chronic stomach aches and my mom was taking me to doctors and they were eliminating milk and doing this. And I realized as an adult or a teenager, it was because I was terrified of my grade one teacher who was just like, I don't know, something from like the 1940s. And she was so cruel and strict and like very hard on the children. And I was just terrified of her. But I wasn't really processing it that way at the time. It didn't even, it even occur to me to tell my mom that I'm afraid of her. Um, I just had these chronic stomach aches and, but we do know that if we address the emotional, um, then what happens is that helps to unravel the physical. Mm. So if we just kind of, kind of start asking our child to share their feelings and if they don't have the vocabulary for their feelings, then asking them to just share what they're thinking, what they're afraid of. And sometimes the best thing, um, can be like art therapy, and I want to be clear, I'm not an art therapist or even a child therapist, but um, the very little that I do know about it, 
um, it can be really good for processing what's going on for children. Mm -hmm. So just having them sit down and draw a picture or if they're a bit older, they could journal. And whether it's just draw a picture of how you're feeling or what you're thinking, what you're afraid of, draw a picture of what's going on right now in our society, you know, and then kind of look at the art and ask them why they put this here or do that and so forth. And that might help to bring stuff to the surface so that the more they can process their emotions, then the physical will usually unravel and so forth. So, yeah. Oh, that's such great advice. I, you know, I, as you were talking, I could just visualize like families just being in sharing circles and just really taking the time, designating the time, setting it aside, like in the evening before bed or first thing in the morning, just sometime throughout the day where you just sit down and you have that opportunity. You don't need to tell the children, this is why this is why it's happening. You can just be like, well, now we're going to draw and here's what we're going to draw about. So that becomes an educational time as well. But for the parents to be able to see what their children are going through, because if you were to ask, I mean, you could ask a child, you can ask a child how they're feeling and that child may not be able to process it because they're too young. Or you can ask a teenager how they're feeling and they'll be like, whatever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So this yeah. is a really great opportunity. But what I'm hearing from this is it's not only important that we teach our children emotional intelligence, it's really important for adults to have the emotional intelligence as well. So it's a learn, it's a learning opportunity for both children and also adults who have been in stress, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. I got to work and go to all these other places. So I haven't had time to strengthen my emotional intelligence. And I, or they came from a home that their parents didn't have that and they never took the time or even understand what emotional intelligence is. Yeah. And um, something else I read I thought was really interesting is this pause that we're all taking is um, forcing people, like we all know that there's like the workaholics, right? Or the people who are like, are just chronically busy, who don't realize that they're sometimes unconsciously doing that to avoid feeling. Mm-hmm. And they thought people need to become aware that being quarantined or whatever you want to call it at home for some people it's been months, right? Or weeks or however long this plays out, depending where you live. Um, that if, as you're being forced to sit with yourself, there's a lot of emotions that can come up from all kinds of stuff, not just what's going on presently in the world. Um, and that kind of made me really stop and think, yeah, and we need to be careful of how we're modeling that to our children. That, you know, Absolutely. if we have like, if we're suddenly processing something from like eight months ago that we were just making ourselves really busy so we didn't have to process. And now it's decided to come up because we have time. Yes. Um, we need to be careful. Um, we need to be mindful that that's happening and, you know, work on having the tools to be able to process that um, in a healthy way. And I really think, and, and not even my opinion, right? We know that if you model healthy emotional intelligence, that's chances are that's what your child is going to adopt as well. So absolutely. They're sponges, right? They're picking up on that. They don't, they, they pick up on our cues until they begin to ask those questions themselves and make their own choices. And, you know, they're picking up on, well, what are mom and dad doing? Or what is my caregiver who's looking after me all the time doing? That's, that's the behavior that they're modeling. So that's really important. And I love what you said about that, because I think it's really important for people to understand is as things pop up and as you spend more time alone, all of that stuff is going to come up. Like I know for me, 
um, not having any external noise is really opening up my heart and I'm writing about things and talking about things that I never talked about before that I always believe, I think we're all always inside of me, but I was so busy doing other things that I wasn't actually listening to her, to that version, to that person. So now all of that is coming up and I could question it and be like, why is this coming up? But at the end, I know it's because I have nothing out there. I have no external noise preventing me from processing that. So on the negative side, that could come up in relationships as well. You're at home with your partner all day. And if there's something that you didn't process a few months ago, trust me, when you were in a house together after about a week, that's going to start to come up and you're going to start to, you know, you're going to be like, why did you load the dishwasher that way? And it's not the dishwasher you're pissed off about. It's that thing you didn't process a few months ago that you've just been like, well, I'm not going to deal with that because I have a busy week and I have this to do and I have this to do. So we're not going to have that conversation. It doesn't go away. It still lives inside of us, right? The things we don't process just don't magically go away. I mean, we know that because we've both been doing inner work for so long. It doesn't go away. It's there. So I highly recommend writing and journaling as a way to process a lot of those things before, you know, like just like getting out there and <laughs> saying like, here are all the reasons why I hate you and I'm mad at you and I'm mad at myself is really just sit with your journal and, and think about um, why you're feeling what you're feeling and write it out. There's just, we talked about this before, the, the magic that happens from the pen to the paper. Yeah, that's right right? So the journaling can help and it's a great process for children as well to teach them, okay, if you don't want to talk to mom and dad, um, then here's a a notebook for you. You can write it in there. It's yours. It's safe. Mom and dad will never read it. If you want to share with us, you can. Yeah. And if children can't write, whether it's because they don't yet know how to write or they have learning disabilities of some sort, um, there's actually another approach that I learned about whenever I was dealing with my own like ongoing chronic pain issues. And um, it was to just get in your car so you could have your kid go into a quiet spot. Um, the advice was for adults, but the thing was to go into your car and just let, let it go. Like just, you're mm. going to totally do that first. Right. And so I remember telling my daughter this, um, she can write, but I said to her, you know, or the other thing you could do is you could go to the park because we live in like the middle of nowhere and nobody's at the park. And I said, you can go on the swing and just like talk to yourself and vent as if there was somebody sitting there. And, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, Nicole Sachs's journal speak approach, um, for really dumping. It's not mm. reflective journal you want to keep and you want people to read, but, um, she really talks about just dumping and just letting it all out as if you have the most non-judgmental friend who is never going to judge you in any way. Um, so I think that's important that. too because yeah, there are kids who either are too young to write yeah. or are too shy. Like my daughter, it's always been a thing where I'm pretty easy talking about my emotions with particularly with my like family members, but she's kind of like her dad and she just is more private. And so yes. I find I don't want to force her. I don't want to feel like I'm forcing her to, you know, share her feelings, but I know that she needs to process. So yeah, her sort of journal or to do these things. Um, so yeah. That is such a wonderful idea. It's just about the whole idea, no matter what 
form you use is about getting it out of your body. It, that's really what it is. You don't want it to just take up residence there because your body feels that, right? Like anytime, like I know for me when I'm keeping stuff inside and I'm just like, oh my God, I need to get this out. I can feel my nervous system. I sit there and I'm like, can I actually feel my nervous system? <laughs> you know, like I'm so aware of my body. I can't get comfortable. I can't stop fidgeting. I can't relax. And sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, like going and putting my face on a pillow and being like, ah, like screaming into the pillow, you know? And it's like, Oh, okay. I feel better. Or yes. that, that what you, the example that you were giving, it's like when you vent, like as adults, when we vent to a friend and we get on the phone and we vent to our girlfriend and that girlfriend doesn't say anything, but listen to us and doesn't feed into our, in, mm -hmm. into the state that we're in. Instead, it's just like, I'm just going to listen and acknowledge that you're feeling this way. We, are, they don't have to say anything. We're just like, thank you. I feel so much better. I can let you go now. How's your day? You know, um, it's such a, we, we overcomplicate what we need um, to be able to get those things, process those things so that it doesn't take up permanent residence in our mind and our body and become something that we're still dealing with 25 years from now. Exactly. Yeah. So I really love that. I'll make sure to put those resources in the show notes so that people have that because again, you know, we're talking about things parents can do to educate their kids. And I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to stop thinking about what they need to learn in school as far as a standard curriculum yes. and start thinking outside the box of what you want them to learn now that we've been spending you know, the past decade of our lives as adults, you and I trying to learn and saying, my God, once we learn it, how many times have you said, once you learn it, why didn't I ever learn this in school? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think we should stop calling it homeschool and just call it life school. Yeah. You know, an incredible opportunity to give an entire generation of children, um, something an education that so many other generations in recent decades have not had the opportunity to have. Like we all know that taxes in Canada is delayed, right? We have this yeah. great, we don't have to hand, send in taxes till like June. But if your kids are old enough, that could be like an amazing thing to teach them. Um, or even if they're not quite old enough, like I don't know if my 11 year old could totally, but to explain to them the process and make them understand taxes and we all gripe and complain about taxes, but also to help them understand where those taxes are going. Like that's why we um, do have hospitals, right? And so forth. So um, absolutely, yeah, life school. Life school. You know, I always joke with my husband because he makes fun of me sometimes for, my husband's definitely like a book smart guy. Um, and I'm more on the emotional intelligence side. And I've always been that way since I was a little girl. And he was like, okay, so what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go north and then you go north for about 10 minutes and then you're going to want to go east. And I'm just like, and, and he'll look at me and he's like, where did I lose you? I'm like, you lost me at go north. And so we, we have this running joke at the house, but then I, we have another running joke, which is, okay, when me, like I'll ask him, so how are you feeling about that? And he's like, who cares? Like, what do I need to do? Right. <laughs> so I'm like, where did I lose you? You lost me at how do you feel? Right. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, it, it really is a matter of that right. life school, right? Yes. I should absolutely know my North, North, South, South East, West. <laughs> um, but we should also know how to process our feelings as well. I think it really is a matter of just that, like, 
asking that question, what do we really want our children to learn? And what do we want to learn as adults? This is a great opportunity for us to learn all of these things that we have had questions about for a while, but we're too busy. Yeah. And you kind of just made me think of something too, actually, that, you know, each partner, like if um, we're in a situation where whether it's mom and dad or mom and stepdad or whatever has their strengths and find out like, what is it that, you know, you can help your children with that your partner is not going to be so good at. And then what is your, what can your partner bring to their education that you're not so good at? Um, you know, or I don't know, maybe they could even like Skype grandma or something, you know? So there's so many opportunities to learn from people. Um, and as we said, because the world is, has such a virtual component now, and there is all of these online courses that, um, there is like, I said to my daughter, what do you want to learn? You know, like, what do you want to learn in the next like I suspect that Ontario probably won't be going back. I don't know. Um, so I, I'm kind of preparing for that mentally. And um, she, I, I actually have her doing that right now to kind of think about what would you like to learn? Because that's what they do in Montessori and Waldorf schooling, right? Is to go where the child's gifts are or interest is. I love that. Um, so yeah, to get, yeah to, to get out of the mentality that we have to hammer stuff in whether they like it or not. Um, for sure kids need to learn and develop skills to, to stick with something that's not always pleasant, but, um, yeah, like, what is it something that your kid, you know, I know there's so many parents who tell me my kids are really mechanically minded and they don't teach in school and now is your chance. Absolutely. That's so wonderful. Those are such great tips. I really appreciate that. I think this is going to give parents just, just a little bit of, um, I think some validation as well. I think parents really do know this, but they're just so afraid to be, to make that decision to say, okay, I'm going to teach my kids life skills and find out what they want to learn as well. I think that's a really important question for parents to ask their kids. Um, kids don't have the chance to say that often to go into school and say like, I don't want to learn this because I'm really, really interested in this. Why am I sitting in these classes that I'm never going to need? And all I want to do is like fulfill this dream that I have over here. So I think that's a really great thing that parents can do and just start talking and asking questions. Yeah. And to have confidence. Um, that's something else that came up with the mom who homeschools as she said, parents and all of us have been kind of trained to believe that it has to be a certified teacher that you're going to mess it up right you can't be trusted to educate your child yeah. properly which is like so disturbing oh, that I know. The, people, I know. Right, the person who's raising you is not a good enough educator like for sure i don't i'm a teacher and i don't even want to be the one teaching like high school math or something i don't even want to be doing grade seven math to be honest yeah um but whether you're a teacher or you're not, you are an educator. And um, to have confidence and faith that you can teach your child, and there's so much you can teach your child. Absolutely. There is so much. And I think we just live in a day and age now with the internet that um, um, we have all the answers at our fingertips. We don't have to go to a library, right? You don't have to have physical books. If you're like, well, I don't have those books at home and because <laughs> we're not allowed to go into stores right now. Like, no, it's just like turn on the internet um, okay. and have trusted sources and have those conversations and sit down together and have designated times and let your kids be creative and let them 
also start to figure out what it is that they're really, really interested in. And then hopefully this is, you know, this would be such a wonderful thing that if 20 years from now we look back at this and we're talking to those kids and they're like, wow, you know, I, for the past 20 years, have been given the opportunity to do the exact thing that I love. Yeah. And I learned so much and I'm such a, I'm such a great human and thank God for my parents or my caregiver, um, for taking the time during that time to teach me all of these things because it made me exactly who I am today. Yeah. And also I just wanted to slip in that I have a friend who does, she lives in Florida and she teaches English to children in China online. And, um, one thing that two things that she said, she's noticed, she just posted this yesterday on Facebook. Number one, she said she noticed a lot of her, um, students have gained some weight. So, um, <laughs> um, you know, try to make sure your kid is getting active, like getting that activity and so forth. Um, yeah. but the one thing that she said that I thought was really cool is that, um, a lot of the kids said they loved the homeschooling and that came as a surprise, I guess that they expected that they would hate it. Right. And they, they said they love learning from their parents and so forth. So, oh, um, so don't wonderful. Assume that, yeah. Don't assume that this has to be an awful thing and don't get discouraged if at first, you know, it's probably going to take a little bit of time to find your groove, um, yeah. and, and set a routine and so forth. So absolutely. It's okay that the first couple of weeks or a processing period um, yeah. where you're just trying to find what the new business in life as usual is while we go through this and while we navigate this and that's okay. And, you know, like you said, like get online and if you're, if their grandparents or aunts and uncles or one of your friends is an expert at something and you think, oh, like we're going to, we're going to zoom or Skype with grandma and grandpa and they're going to teach you parts of history today, you know, and grandma and grandpa teach them about specific things in history, or you have a, a, a friend who knows something specific about health and you get online and like, my God, it doesn't have to all fall on this one person or these two people at home, right? As caretakers, it's also a great way to, to socialize as well, right? Yeah. And to connect with one another. So right. yeah, I think it's really important that even though we are in a box at home, <laughs> that we don't get stuck in our box. And we really use all of the amazing resources that we have today that they didn't have 30 years ago. And we, we utilize them to stay connected and to learn from each other and to grow. So at the end of this, we just become, we just become better human beings. And yeah, and we really understand when we get back to an, you know, quote unquote, normal life. I don't think it'll ever be a normal life again, the way we, the way we saw it. We're just like, this is what we want our new normal to be. Yeah. This is the life we want to live. This is what we want to do with each other and with our kids. And this is how we want to connect. And this is how we want to learn. And like, we're just being opened up to all these new possibilities. And, um, I think that's going to be something that a lot of people will come out of this and say, you know, even though that was really challenging, I now know exactly what I want and who I want to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I could talk to you forever and I actually have so many more questions, but um, I'm, I'm trying to keep it to an hour because I know people are like, 
I have all this time to listen, but um, I think an hour is a good time for us to stop. And we'll definitely do this again. I really hope that you'll come on again because you just provided so much insight and we'll provide lots of resources for them as well. Perfect. Yes. So thank you so much. So do you have anything you want to end with before we say goodbye? Or do you think we covered as much as we could in this conversation? I feel like we did. Honestly, I really think it's just um, going back to basics, like just go outside, go for some walks, create a routine, eat, you know, as nutritionally healthy as you can at this point with the, what's available in the grocery stores. And perhaps you're on a budget now or something, but um, I think this is just, can be a great opportunity. So, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you.